0: Would you like to see a magic trick? Yeah. really starting to like you Finny I almost let you go don't hang
1: up who are you you know all our names it doesn't work hang it up I made you some breakfast. What'd you put in that? Salt and pepper.
0: <laughs> Have you seen this boy?
1: My brother, he was taken.
0: By a man with black balloons.
1: <laughs> I had a dream about it. Please let the dream be real. How? There's a combination lock. What's the combination? Hang up the phone! You don't have much
0: time. You're gonna use a weapon? You are special, Finny.
1: Please hurry! (laughs) (laughs)
0: The creepiest damn thing. Welcome to the Strange Harbors Podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Derek. And once again, Amir is not with us this week. He's taking one more week off while he finishes his move. So we will be talking about the new horror movie, the hotly anticipated The Black Phone directed by Scott Derrickson, written by Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill. This movie premiered last year at 2021's Fantastic Fest. I did not get to see it. I didn't go to Fantastic Fest. But there was a lot of buzz around it, and it seems like everyone loved this movie. Uh, There's a lot of hype around it. And I gotta say, this is the movie where I went into it and... I feel like this is as far as I've ever been from the public consensus on anything. <laughs> oh,
2: wow. Okay. All right. That's interesting.
0: So this movie is based on a short story by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son. It's a 30-page short story. And it's actually pretty good. I like his short story. And this is pretty much an expanded version of that story about a kid in the 70s who is abducted by a serial killer called The Grabber, played by Ethan Hawke in the movie. And he is locked in a room, and he talks to the dead victims of this killer, the ghosts, as some sort of medium. And he works with the ghosts to escape the clutches of The Grabber. So everyone seems to love this movie. It has, like, an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. When did you see it, uh, and what did you think, Derek?
2: Uh, I saw it this weekend. I just saw it a couple days ago. I think I'd lie somewhere in the middle between probably where you are at and where a lot of the critics and audience is at. I didn't hate this movie, but I also don't think it was anything spectacular, per se. Uh, I thought it was just fine. I had a fun time, but at the same time... I don't know. Maybe it wasn't enough of a thriller, but also not enough of anything in a way. Like, that's so rude to say it like that, but I just couldn't understand exactly what this movie was trying to be. It's kind of weird to say that it has, like, tones of coming of age, right? Like, of growth, of this little boy trying to find himself, but at the same time, it's about this dude who's fucking creepy and, like, grabs kids, right? It's about a kid trying to escape. And You know, on paper, it sounds good, or at least from the trailers I was kind of excited, and I also heard the buzz coming out of the circuit for different kind of fests and everything but yeah ultimately like i don't know if it's just that i don't know scott derrickson as a director that well like i only really know this and i guess doctor strange like i don't know his horror stuff and even then like i like doctor strange but i don't love it i think maybe this is similar I like this is okay but i I really don't love this movie
0: yeah i thought this was pretty bad (laughs) sorry Okay. okay And I come from this as a big fan of Scott Derrickson, actually. I like his work a lot. I'm actually a pretty big fan of Doctor Strange. I think it's one of the stronger MCU movies of the last mm-hmm. decade. I think that was 2016. And I also really like his other horror movies. I mean, he's pretty hit or miss. He's got some things that I'm not crazy about. Um, I think The Day That the Earth Stood Still is pretty weak. He didn't direct Sinister 2, but... Sinister 2 was pretty bad. He wrote the script for that. I'm a huge fan of the first Sinister, Mm -hmm. and I also really like The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which I think was pretty great, which is like an exorcism movie, but also like a legal procedural that I really, really liked. This, I probably find it on like the bottom tier of his work. Like you said, there's a lot of threads going through it, but none of them really amount to anything i think there's like three separate things going on in this movie where it's like this domestic coming of age where the main character the main kid finney and his sister gwen they're like in this abusive household with a single dad played by jeremy davies i always like seeing jeremy davies because i I have a soft spot for him because of lost
1: (laughs) yeah Uh,
2: having said that i do too like i love him in lost but he does not work for me in this movie
0: he's just fine in this whatever Yeah, so he's like this abusive dad, and that's one of the storylines in this. And then, obviously, the main storyline is the grabber abducting Finney, and he's trying to escape. And then there's also the cop angle where his sister has psychic powers inherited from their mom, and she's helping the police investigation, trying to find her missing brother. And all of these just pretty much go nowhere. And they don't intersect in any sort of meaningful way. Also, it's not particularly scary either because I think Sinister is like one of the scariest movies of the last like two decades. I think it's one of the better horror movies because that also stars Ethan Hawke and he's like going through like these uh, snuff films and those are really, really creepy. And that kind of carries over here too with, you know, like the the Super 8 footage and, like, the 70s aesthetic, which is pretty cool. I think the movie looks good, mm-hmm. but I was not impressed by this movie at all. I was, like, during my screening, everyone was, like, on their feet and cheering and stuff, and I was like, what is going on? Am I being, like... punk
2: you being punk <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: Gaslit here? I'm being, like, punk I can't think of any other reason why this movie's so overhyped. I feel like I'm going nuts here. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't like this movie. I didn't think it was anything... Special. I just tweeted, like, a couple hours. This movie is just basically a kid being fed the answers to an escape room for over 100 yeah. minutes, right?
2: Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, you can see, like, the Stephen King influences here. You know, like, the institutional failure of the adults. Um, they're all, like, incompetent or, like, abusive. The precocious children, which is all cute and fun, I guess, but... I feel like the horror elements fall flat, and just nothing comes together for me.
2: I was going to say, like, it's funny that you say that he's being fed the answers to, like, an escape room, but they help him escape, but they're not the direct way he escapes, right? Okay, so we're probably going to get into spoilers now. I I think we've said our piece about generally what we thought about this movie, but, like, there's a moment where there's one window, he tries to climb it, and he can't get out of it, but then later that piece of window that he like pulls off right the grate is used later right there's like a clue of i loosened up this wire in the wall and like uh uh-huh. well like he uses it to help him climb up but then he also uses it again later like if i were to give it some praise it is a little clever that i didn't see that coming where like his failures still amounted to some sort of success at the end right i thought they were just failures in the moment and like he was just gonna figure out another way to Get out, but then like all of those pieces at least still added up in the end and you know, with ways that I feel like kind of, I guess. He tries to take a hole to get out, but he doesn't actually get out, but he uses the hole to trap the grabber, right? Like he puts the grate in there so like the grabber breaks his ankle and like he trips the grabber with the cord, right? I guess. Like he has to get past the dog and that's why he had to get into the freezer, right? So that he can like it's all really coincidental and like very, very lucky. And by chance, you know, a lot of times I hate that too. But if I were to give it something, I guess I kind of give it that, right?
0: I see the pieces coming together in the end in some way. But I thought it was just a little bit inelegant because in the end, his escape is not abetted by these items. It's just pure luck that Mm -hmm. the grabber's brother is also like investigating these abductions. And he's the one that opens the door for him just by chance right? And, like, Mm -hmm. that's what finally frees him. And then, to speak of his sister, her whole plot goes nowhere, too, because the visions that she has leads the police to the wrong house, and it just happens that the house is across the street from the house that he's in, right? So, I feel like all that is just so unsatisfying, and, like, very lazily written, where the resolution just isn't satisfying to me, for all the Stuff that it puts you through, you know, with the child acting and all that stuff. I I thought both the child actors were pretty good. People were like, oh, they're incredible. I don't think they're incredible. Like, you get like an eight year old to say, what the fuck, Jesus? And like, you're going to get some laughs laughs out of it. It's funny, right? They're not like next Oscar winning child actors. I
2: thought the actor who played Finney, Mason Thames or Thames, yeah, whatever. I think he was all right. I thought he was all right. Yeah, he's fine. The actress who plays. the sister i have a little bit more like issue Gwen. with i, I thought uh-huh. she was not that great and i thought a lot of the boys that played the other victims especially his best friend the tough kid that like defends uh-huh, him at the uh-huh. beginning yeah, yeah yeah i thought um, i'm sorry uh if <laughs> i a fan but like i thought he was thought fine he was... robin yeah. uh huh yeah i didn't <laughs> okay i'm very like i don't know i want to say it's sensitive but like i notice when like kid actors aren't great so like when we do get good kid actors like i like to praise that right like we talked last week about the you know the kid who played leia and i thought she was fine i think the kid actors in the it movies are generally pretty good even like stranger things like i think they're fine they're good but like i don't know it definitely stood out as something i was a little taken back but mm-hmm. before we get into his actual character in the movie i'd like to actually talk a little bit about ethan hawk this is like the third thing we've talked about this year i think that has ethan hawk in it so i think you know he's having a pretty good year right we have talked about the northman we talked about Moon night and now we're talking about mm-hmm. the black foe i mean i can't remember we haven't really talked actually about ethan hawk right like where is he in the range of like actors for you
0: i think ethan hawk's like the goat he's so good yeah, all right nice yeah i really really like ethan hawk that being said i feel like this role was just whatever for him Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, "Oh, wow, the Grabber, all-time incredible horror villain." Uh, not really. First of all, terrible name, the Grabber. I guess it's a little campy. We'll get into this later. I like Ethan Hawke a lot. Yeah, I love him in uh, Boyhood. First Reformed is really mm-hmm. good. The Before trilogy is incredible.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I think his stuff with Linklater is great. Like, yeah, all, all the Link-Later trilogies all time yeah. is the Before stuff. I've spoken about Before. Those are some of my all-time favorite movies. So. I love Ethan Hawke I'm always excited to see him. And things Mm -hmm. and like this is kind of a role we don't always get to see him in right this creepy almost like villain of the story yeah even though the last two things we actually talked about moon knight northman he isn't like the best character right he isn't technically the hero i mean his role
0: in northman is pretty small but
2: i will say that i mean at least for me he was the best thing about this movie i agree with you i don't think this is like an all-time like creepy performance you know up against like the mike myers or the jason voorhees of the world right but like Mm -hmm. i did think he was the best thing in this movie I liked his mannerisms. I liked even the way he just creepily slouched in a chair with his shirt half exposed, right? I mean, there is this kind of gravitas that I think he brings to this character that I enjoy.
0: I think without him, this would have been a nothing role. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think he brings a lot to it. And even then, the character is so thin. hmm I mean, he's kind of like a bumbling guy. He's just not very scary. I think the masks are cool, because he's got, yeah. like, different masks to, like, match his facial expressions and stuff. But, like, I don't understand his, like, modus operandi, or, like, his... Not, like, motivations, because I, I feel like serial killers don't really need motivations, but, like, like, what's his deal, right? Like, yeah, he kidnaps these kids, he puts them in the room, and he feeds them and he makes sure they're, like, alive. And then he, like, leaves the door open so they can make some sort of feeble attempt to escape. And then he kills them while they escape. Is that what it is? Like, it's a pretty weak gimmick, I feel. It's not compelling. It's not creepy. It's not scary. It's pretty underwhelming (laughs) when you think about it.
2: My issue with this character is that I think they try to keep him really, like, what's the right word? The amount of information we have about him is very discreet. but then the information that we get is like way too specific and way too like in a word like interesting where you want to find out more but then they don't give you enough of it right
0: yeah he's like a failed magician or whatever right and like oh that's kind of interesting he like
2: has a line in the beginning of the movie where he says something like oh i've been down here before like, mm-hmm. it's almost like he was a kid that was tortured in some way, right? Or, like, left alone in some kind is of Is that what he means? Like,
0: I don't know. Like, yeah,
2: I don't know, right? It's, like, information to try to fill up who this character is, but it's, like, not enough where it just becomes absolutely confusing. Yeah. To the point where there's a moment right at the end of this movie, right, where the Finn character removes his mask and he, like, freaks the fuck out
0: yeah and yeah you're like
2: i get it i get it right like that's his face right like we've seen this trope like that's his face and like he doesn't want to have the mask removed but like where the fuck did this come from another like circumstantial like by happens finn did the right thing by removing his mask but like i have yeah. no idea why he cares that his face is
0: exposed yeah it's like i want to know more about that and then like no nope, we're not going to tell you anything And it's also, like, it feels important, but, like, the movie just doesn't give you anything
2: to work with. Yeah. Like I said before, I think he is the best thing about this movie, but at the same time, his character is drawn very thin. And Mm -hmm. it is hard to wrap myself around this movie to the point where I'm, like, really invested in everything. I think there are a lot of times where I get pulled out of the movie. I think part of it is the storyline with the sister. I'm now curious. So, you've read the short story. Mm Mm-hmm. Is the sister in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, it just seems so everywhere, right? And, like, you've already mentioned it. It's, like, three different movies. It's, like, a ghost story with the sister, but it's also a ghost story with, like, a spin. But then it's also an Mm -hmm. abduction story, but it's also, like, a coming-of-age, like, becoming a man story. And then there's also, like, family turmoil with the dad at home who feels like he needs to apologize by the end of this. And, like, that's one trope I hate is the idea that somehow trauma fixes everything. I didn't quite like that at the end when he was, like, apologizing to the kids for what he had done. Mm-hmm. I-, I think if you kind of, like, nix the dad character from this whole thing, I think it would have been probably a stronger story, in my opinion.
0: Well, if you nix a lot of things in this movie, yeah. it, was, it would be a lot better because <laughs> a lot of the stuff just goes nowhere, you know? Yeah. Um, I can forgive a lot of things if, like, it's scarier. But, like, I don't think the jump scares worked for me either. I didn't think they were that mm-hmm. scary. The people in my theater were, like, screaming their heads off. Over some of these, I was like, okay, this is some like the most predictable jump scares I've ever seen, you know, just like, oh, like you pan this way and there's no ghost and then you pan that way and then he's there, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's so perfunctory to me. But if anything, I think the first half hour before Finny gets grabbed is pretty strong. I liked Mm. that, which kind of says a lot. About the movie, <laughs> It's better without the grabber <laughs> Like, it was more of that setting up that brother-sister relationship. Yeah. I did think the brother-sister relationship was very sweet and cute. Mm-hmm. I liked it. And I thought those moments were very moving for me. I-, I-, I did like them together. Yeah. Yeah, but my problem is, like, even when he's in captivity, being held by the grabber, it's just... I feel like there's no tension. I don't feel the danger that he's going to come and actually, like hurt him you know like that's mm-hmm. i feel like that's a big mistake when you don't even feel like your protagonist is in danger when he's abducted by the serial killer you know Yeah. i feel like i'm supposed to but i just don't feel it you know i don't feel the urgency i don't feel the tension i don't really feel the suspense
2: i think it also for me the grabber character is a little dumb like the yeah, person yeah, yeah, itself like, is like pretty dumb
0: like, intellectually, yeah. yeah.
2: Intellectually, like, it's not that sort Like, you don't notice that the window grate is no longer there. Do you not notice that he put down a carpet when the carpet wasn't there before? This kid has, like, free reign to do what he wants for, like, I don't know, it seems like a couple Yeah, and couple it, he's, days. like, left
0: alone, like, for yeah. days or hours at a time, right? And just yeah. doesn't really make sense to me.
2: And then also talking about dumb characters is the brother, right? The, the one played <laughs> James by Rain, James so
0: Max. Yeah.
2: Like... What is going on that you stay at your brother's house, you're, like, straight up investigating this murder. It takes you forever to piece together that it's literally your brother's house. Like, if this was my brother's house, I would know his house. Like, I would know what's in his basement. You know what I mean? Like, that means he has to hide his mask, right, somewhere too. Yeah. I I don't know.
0: And what exactly happened to have him figure out that his brother was the killer at exactly. that opportune time mm-hmm. like he's been investigating this for months and he figures it out just when he needs to to free finny right and then
2: yeah maybe you can explain it to me he, <laughs> know, because like, he i not explain it just straight up just starts looking at the map and he's like yeah i got it and i'm like wait i don't get it like how does at what am i a...
0: missing here right
2: <laughs> like how is looking at a map how you figured out
0: that It was here. Yeah, I was like, I don't even know what the pins represented. It's like, is that yeah. your house? What is that? Yeah. I was like, what did I miss? Did I miss something here? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like that's an interesting thread, too. I mean, this movie's not that long. It's like 104 minutes or something. But yeah. I don't know. You could nix, like, one of the other side stories and, like, give Max some more time. Because, like, it's interesting to have the killer and then his brother is the one investigating these murders. And, like figuring out in the end that it's his brother who's the murderer right yeah um, i think that's interesting i thought that was cool when they first revealed that i was like oh neat and then they literally did nothing with it except have him get killed and figure out all these steps that they skipped you know like yeah. i was like what's going on you know
2: i think early on the story tries to plant seed that somebody else is there right because like He does say something about, like, oh, I was going to bring you a soda, but I can't do that right now, right? Like, I have issues to deal with upstairs. And, like, then you realize, oh, that was probably the brother, right? I think I would have loved to seen that. Like, him have to play this game of, like, cat and mouse and, like, try to, like, find the right opportunities to come down and see the kid, right? Or find the right opportunities to play the game when his brother's not there. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would have been a little bit more interesting, like you said, if we got a little bit more dynamic between the Max and Grabber character. Mm-hmm. I will say that I agree with you, and you brought this up already, and I wanted to come back to this, is like the reveal, right? The big, quote unquote, twist reveal that we're supposed to get at the end where, like, the police end up in, like, this empty house, right? And they go downstairs, and it's like a different basement. And I'm like, like, that doesn't really work for me. And all that really did was actually made me think of, do you remember the twist in Saw
0: 2? Oh, shit. I don't fucking remember the Twist and Saw 2.
2: So, the Twist and Saw 2 is that – so, Donnie Wahlberg is, like, investigating and trying to, like, find his kid, right? Because his kid gets abducted yeah, yeah, yeah. by, yeah, right, by right, the right. Uh, the Jigsaw puzzle person. It's very much the same thing where, like, he does find where Jigsaw is hiding his kid. And he, like, he goes down there and it's, like, completely empty. It's, like, it's familiar, but it's not, Right. Mm-hmm. And he, like, gets down there and then we find out that the events of, like, the movie that we've been watching took place, like...
0: Oh, uh, pl- took place at a different time. Yeah, like, 12 hours yeah, yeah, ago, Yeah, right? yeah 12 and, like, hours ago, was, right, right, That
2: was pretty inventive and pretty, like, kind of, like, a really great mm-hmm. twist. Like, for this one to just be like, oh, it's just a different house across yeah. the street was just, like, such a dud and, like, fell really flat to me.
0: Yeah, that also goes to how dumb the grabber is, right? Like, your kill house is right next to your real house. Yeah. Like, come on, man, <laughs> buy a property, like, one county over or something, you know? And and that also goes to, like, show how inept the law enforcement in this movie is, too. I mean, like, you're so bad at your jobs that you're taking fucking hints from a psychic eight-year-old or something, you know?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Which I thought was silly. I think uh, a lot of Stephen Kings have, like, incompetent adults and, like just neglectful and stupid Mm grown-ups. But this, I thought, like, took the cake. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. Like, I was expecting a lot more out of this movie just because I like Sinister a lot. Mm -hmm. I think Bagul is such a cool villain in that movie. You should watch it. It's really scary. I I actually really like the movie. Um, There's just something really unsettling about, like, watching these home movies that are, like, snuff films where all these children die. That was way more of a harder edge than this movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know, man. This was pretty weak for me. Yeah. I thought the phone calls were pretty weak, too. They didn't really add, like, the suspense or tension or or even, like, the scares that I wanted it to. Um, And that's, like, the main device of the movie. I mean, for fuck's sake, it's called the black phone, right? Yeah. I thought, like, all the phone calls kind of robbed the movie of its momentum and its energy especially when you take into account what the clues amount to you Mm -hmm. know
2: yeah i mean it's also kind of weird to me that i think the movie really sets up that the sister is the one with the psychic abilities right she has the dreams and stuff but like is this also implying then that he has some kind of abilities right
0: i mean i guess because he's talking to all the dead kids in the in the room Mm -hmm. through the black phone right It just didn't make sense for her to lead them to the wrong house, right? Like, if you want to have these psychic powers, like, mean something in the movie, then have the psychic powers be meaningful in the movie, right? Like, I don't know why they did that.
2: To play devil's advocate a little bit, I guess there's the side that, like, Finny is the one talking to the dead kids so that he could defeat the grabber, like, I guess, to play devil's advocate, like maybe it was never her job to find Finny. Her job was to find the where dead the bodies kids. were, right? Okay. Because if... <laughs> right, right, right. If Finny kills the Grabber, and the Grabber killed his brother, like, I mean, I guess there would probably be some records like, oh, he owned a house across the street. They probably, maybe, would eventually found it. But, like, I guess, you know, the idea is that, in a sense, like, their stories don't even collide in a way, uh, which is, like, another issue, I guess. I think the movie leads you the whole time to think that the sister is helping to find the brother, but... Surprise, no. I guess her job is to find the dead bodies of the kids.
0: That doesn't make any sense either, because why would the grabber do that? Like, you have your own house and your killing field. Why would you bury the bodies in your own house and not the killing field, right? It's right across the street. You might as well yeah. put the bodies where you killed them, right? Yeah. Don't shit where you eat, right? I don't <laughs> understand like where that rationale comes from either. That doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. I don't know. There's just so many things that don't really work for me in this in this movie. And again, I think I would forgive a lot more if it was scarier and it just wasn't. At least Ethan Hawke got paid.
2: <laughs> yeah, the grabber, like I said, pretty cool design and I do think that Ethan Hawke gives, you know, whenever he's giving it's like 110% of him, right? Like and I do yeah. think that it's I still think it's a good performance. I think the character's written really thin and I think the whole story is kind mm-hmm. of written really thin, but Ultimately, like I, I don't hate as much as you, but I, I definitely don't love love this movie.
0: Yeah, I think I was just shocked by like how much people were saying they loved it, and then I was, like mm-hmm. I was going in like excited for it, and then I was like watching it, I'm slowly deflating through the whole movie, <laughs> and then by the end, I was like, "Oh, what are you guys talking about?" You know, I mean, like, okay,
2: now now I'm curious. Was there a moment? Like, was there a tipping point? Do you remember?
0: I just remember keep waiting for something like scary or cool to happen, and like it just mm-hmm. never did. And by the end, I was like, that's it, you know? I don't know, man. Like, like what you want to like is just, I couldn't understand the the hype for this one.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair.
0: I'm forgiving with horror movies, too. Like, I love shit like Malignant, you know?
2: <laughs> whoa, hey, whoa.
0: <laughs> you can't even compare those two because Malignant's yeah. fun as fuck. And then this yeah. one's just kind of, like, dead in the water here, but...
2: I mean, if you think about it, I remember, like, Malignant being kind of, like, that purposeful, almost, like, B-like movie, but, like, super fucking fun as hell. So, like, it counteracts that, right? Where like, uh, And it's funny that you mentioned, like, there's just basic scares to this, right? The whole, like, pan left, pan right, pan left, and then scare, right? And Mm -hmm. what we praised about Malignant is that it recognizes that trope and then, like, plays on that, right? Where – yeah. There was plenty of moments where like pan left, pan right, pan left, and then you pan right again and then there was nothing there, right? Cuz you expected a scare. Versus mm-hmm. this leans into some of those tropes and like like you said, you you definitely see those scares coming. They don't really even amount to anything, right? I think the one scare that I remember is when or you pan back and then all of a sudden the dead kids there, right? Yeah. Like I remember that was like, oh, okay. I kind of jumped, but then I was like, oh, he's just a dead kid, though. Yeah. There's no threat to my main character, right? Like he's there to help. He's just yeah, there yeah. to look scary, but he's actually not scary at all. Yeah. The Ethan Hawke character actually doesn't really get to do anything scary, right?
0: Yeah. He falls asleep in a chair. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs>
2: he falls asleep in a chair. He acts his brother, you know, in the head, but like.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's
2: not really like scary or threatening. I think we're supposed to be like scared by the potential of him because we see what he did to the other kids, right? But you don't even see, you just see like yeah,
0: the end result right? or whatever. Yeah. And like, I feel like there was a good opportunity for like a cool sixth sense type of scare where, you know, you remember in the sixth sense where Cole like finds that kid's ghost and he's like, shh, I know where my dad keeps his gun. He looks normal, and then he turns around, has, like a huge gaping hole in the back of his head, you know? Yes. I thought there was gonna mm-hmm. be something like that. That was fucking cool as hell. And yeah. perfect opportunity to, like, great artist copy. You know, like, if they did something like that, I'd be like, oh, shit, that's cool. Like, a uh, Sixth Sense homage or pastiche or whatever. And I would I would have been really, yeah. like, hyped on that. But, like, that didn't happen either. And, like, you don't even see a lot of these dead kids.
2: Yeah, like, if the reveal of the dead kids, like, revealed the different ways he, like, killed them in, like, clever ways. Or, yeah. like, in really, like, grotesque, creepy ways. Like, that's what would probably, like, pique my interest a little bit more or, like, make me a little bit more excited about this movie. But you're right. They look like kids in like zombie makeup right like it wasn't
0: yeah yeah and then like why was that one kid like exorcism floating or whatever i'm sure that has (laughs) nothing to do with like like what the fuck was that you know like they're just mashing imagery together and none of it (laughs) is even that scary you know? Um, now that I'm thinking about it, but I'm so disappointed with this
2: movie. <laughs> well, he also was like a dog, right? Like, what if one of the kids was like completely mutilated and you realize like... By the dog? Yeah, by you know? the dog like, or something, some right? like nice...
0: Like, yeah. Gnarly makeup, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah. I-, I think... I'm on board with that, if if that happened, right? I would have been a little bit more on board with this movie.
0: Yeah, like, show me dead kids, come on. Show me dead
2: kids mutilated.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's what I thought I was signing up for, you know? I don't know, I just feel like this movie just evaporates from your consciousness as soon as you leave the theater. Like, I'm struggling to try and remember, like, details from the movie, just because the movie's so slack. There's, like again i'm saying like there's just the tension isn't there for me when i'm mm-hmm. watching this thing
2: but also there's just not memorable moments really i mean yeah the only thing i'm probably gonna remember is like the mask
0: you know like it's been so yeah much, the
2: mask like, is cool the, but i was gonna say that's partly because it's also been in so much of the advertisement and like, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what i thought i was like gonna get like these this really really cool iconic character and like Maybe that is for some people, but, like, for me, it was just like, eh, he's he's okay. <laughs> he's just okay. I do think the mask is cool, though.
0: Yeah, the mask is cool. And, yeah. and Ethan Hawk does what he can yeah. with the material he's given. It's always nice to see him. I'm I'm just a big fan of Ethan Hawk. so... Yeah. I think the theater communal experience is always pretty good, like, when you go and, like, people are, like, hyped up and they're yelling and screaming and, like, that usually gets you, like, in the mood with the audience, but this time around I'm just looking around like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Why are you guys reacting this way? But that's like the first time that's ever happened to me before, you know? Like, even when I like go into some movie that's an easy-to-please horror movie like The Conjuring or something, even I can get swept up in like, people being scared of its non-stop jump scares. Here, I was just like, I'm confused as to what you guys are scared of. You know?
1: (laughs)
2: It's okay. Not every movie is for everyone, right, Josh?
0: Not every movie is for everyone. If you love this movie, I'm glad you loved it. Uh, yeah. You know what? I'm always happy to see a horror movie do well because I think this one did like, I think almost every movie, new movie that came out, did well. Uh, did over thirty million. This.
2: Oh no! It was reported that I think this is the first time since 2016 that the top. I yeah, the top four, four four movies made over twenty million dollars. Which is, like, pretty great, you know? That's really great.
0: Elvis, Top Gun, Black Phone. What's the fourth one? Jurassic Park. Or Jurassic, uh, World. Jura- Jurassic World.
2: And, hey, that's great, right? And I'm happy for Elvis, too, because, like, you know, a lot of people were projecting that Top Gun would somehow take the top seed in its, like, fifth week, which would have been another I crazy thought it was story. going to, yeah. Yeah, it would have been another crazy story, but... But hey, Elvis overperformed a little bit more than it should have, and I think there's something for everyone in the theaters right now, right? There's good action, there's a music biopic, there's a horror movie, and there's Jurassic World. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, you would probably not recommend this, right? Or can you still recommend this?
0: I don't know. Maybe I'm just missing something, because everyone everyone seems to to love this movie, but us, I guess. (laughs) Look,
2: if you want to sign up for, like, Ethan Hawke being creepy as F, and, like, Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think you can uh, get some enjoyment out of it, but, um... Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for straight horror, that's, this is not it, right? Even, like, thriller, it's not as much as I would want it to be, you know what I mean? Like, it, I think it's trying to balance too much, and it's, like, not enough of one thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this is strictly, uh, YMMV, you know, your mileage may vary. Yeah. I watch a ton of horror movies, so, like, I don't scare very easily at all mm-hmm. i'm like completely desensitized to things like horror movies but like that doesn't mean that i can't appreciate the scares but like for something like this i feel like there are people who would definitely be affected by the jump scares and like the ethan hawk performance and the scary mask and maybe they'll find out like super terrifying all i can say is that it didn't do anything for me i thought it was very rote and predictable and you know like i said i've been saying this entire episode just really slack and lacking the tension but that doesn't mean it won't do that for you you know like you might find this perfectly great and suspenseful like all i'm saying is that it didn't do that for me
2: i want to ask you a question this is more of a general kind of like movie question right it's not about this movie but it it kind of is i mean this is kind of like the first full year we're like back in theaters right um last year we kind of came back like midway and like this is like the first full year like We've had this conversation a couple times this year already where movies have been maybe like overhyped, oversold, or in a sense, like just there's so much excitement about them. And then people kind of reacting in a way that's saying like, hey, maybe it's not as good as everyone said. Like, it's good, but maybe it's not as good. Like, I'm thinking, of you know, like everything everywhere. Like, I know some people, you know, I love that movie, but I know there's like, you know, a handful of people like, hey, it's not as good as you think right? Uh, Top Gun, right? I think, like, people think, like, Top Gun's, like, the best thing out right now. And-, and maybe it is, right? And then, like, we've heard a lot of praise about this movie, right? Like, being, like, this great, iconic character and great movie. Do you think this is, like, a, a reaction to just movies being back? Are people just excited to have movies in the
0: theater again? I think that has something to do with it. And mm-hmm. also, I don't think it's, like, the coronavirus thing, where, like, you know, it's, being back in theaters, I think it's more like the stranglehold of IP and like franchises dominating the cinematic landscape. Where anytime you get something original that's like even halfway good, people are like, oh wow, this is so fucking incredible. Okay. Every time you have like a non Marvel movie that does well, like I think people overhype it maybe a little bit just because they're so starved for that kind of storytelling yeah. where it's not part of setting up something down the road, and, like, not part of a giant IP conglomerate. Yeah, Top Gun, Maverick, this... What else has done well? Everything, everywhere. Yeah. You know, like, The Lost City, that Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum rom-com. Mm-hmm. It's just types of stories that we haven't seen in such a long time. You know, like, original storytelling that stands by itself. And I think that counts for a lot. And is it overhyped? Maybe, but, like, they are contrarians... All the time, even Mm -hmm. before COVID. And, like, the Twitter echo chamber is just, like, that's not real life. I feel like all the contrarian takes are so amplified on Twitter. Like, if you go out and ask the regular populace, they're not going to be like, oh, everything everywhere all at once is overrated. And, like, Top Gun isn't as good as you thought it was or whatever, you know? Like, most people think those movies are are pretty awesome yeah Mm yeah yeah
2: yeah. i agree yeah i was gonna say i mean like i don't think anyone saw top gun coming right yeah you kind of saw it like it would do well it was going to be i think a lot of people were excited about it i mean it's poised to be the number one movie of the year domestic box office wise it's tom cruise's first billion dollar movie that's so crazy to me
0: actually yeah i thought like tom cruise would have at least another billion dollar grocer but i guess not yeah Right? I don't think any of the Mission Impossibles broke a billion. Yeah, I'm surprised by that.
2: Yeah, I think I saw a headline recently. It made me, like, do Picard face bomb motion. You know what I mean? That means. <laughs> someone's like, are you ready for the Top Gun verse? And I'm like, shit. Is that what we're going to get now, right? With this, like, billion dollar... Yeah, film? turning
0: it into Ugh. a franchise. I don't know, man. But at least it's born from an original story, or an original sequel, at yeah. least, you know, like, 40 years later. I
2: just want a Bob story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, a Bob story, Bob spin-off. I do think that movies for adults are still a long way off of being successful. I want to see a world where, like, you know, something like Crimes of the Future does well, you know? <laughs> or, like, what else have we covered that's uh, uh more North adult-oriented? The- like, The Northman, or last year's, like, The Last Duel, Spencer... I want to see those movies do well again, you know, and we haven't really seen that in a long, long time. Yeah. And I think that just goes with, like, the audience being away from the theaters for so long. It's just when they go to the movies, they want a sure thing.
2: Yeah, that's fair.
0: But that kind of sucks because, I don't know, part of the excitement of going to the movies is, like, taking a risk and seeing something you don't know anything about.
2: Yeah. And, like,
0: opening your mind a little bit. And I don't know, that kind of sucks.
2: I'm really afraid we're just not going to get that anymore,
0: right? Not going to get that anymore? Yeah, I'm super afraid of that too. Yeah,
2: we're living in a world now where, you know, people want to go to movies and see the big blockbusters, right? Right, right Comic right. book movies, the the properties that we know and like those kind of things are like now relegated to more like Netflix or just streaming releases, right? You know, I put them in quotes where like... Yeah. At one point, maybe in the, the 2000s, and the 90s, they would have all been released in a theater But now, because of the advent of streaming, like, it's easy to create that divide, right, between we will maybe not put as much effort into this or not have a big enough budget to warrant, like, a theater release. But, hey, it's good enough for streaming, right?
0: Yeah. And I may not like this movie that much, but I'm rooting for it because, you know, it's, like, original storytelling. I mean, it's based off a short story, but, like, still, it's, like, a mid-budget horror movie, and I'm always rooting for those, you know? I just wish this one was better.
2: (laughs) All right. Well... I think that is all. I mean we've kind of given our thoughts. Jeff, where can people find more of your work?
0: You can find more of my work on StrangeHarbors.com and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Strange Harbors. What about you?
2: Uh, you can find me at The World's as Photos and Screen Agents Guild. Uh, on Instagram and you probably could find him here. maybe he's on a plane right now maybe he's driving or maybe
0: the grabber oh, no, I was going
2: to say maybe he's driving a black <laughs> van right now
1: um. <laughs> oh he's a grabber Uh-oh. uh oh
2: if you like this podcast the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe where you get podcasts whether it be Apple Podcasts Spotify, Stitcher or any of the other popular podcast apps if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify please do us a favor and give us a great rating it really helps to get our podcast out to more people
0: yeah, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions on the black phone, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at com. We like getting listener mail, and sometimes we read it on the pod. Be nice to us about this movie, even though we did not like it. <laughs> okay? You guys can like it all you want. It's fine. Yeah, if you have anything to say, just shoot us a line, and we'd love to talk to you guys about the movie. And we will see you guys next week. See you guys
1: then.